0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of the IAC Podcast. I'm your host for today. My name is Ohad Meislish. You can follow me at DevOps Ohad. And today we have, wow, an amazing guest. We have Elad Ben Israel. Hi, Elad. Hey, hey, Ohad. How are you? Great to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, for those who don't know Elad, Elad is the creator of CDK. And we're gonna talk a lot about CDK today, but Elad, maybe give some of your uh, background. Tell us about yourself.
1: Um 43 years old. Uh, I live in Tel Aviv uh with my husband and uh five-year-old twins, and I mean, I've been programming. I've been programming since since I remember myself. Basically, I think uh, since I was like ten or nine or ten, starting hack, started hacking on Atari and you know PC XT, AT eighty six, three eighty six, four eighty six, Pentium processors. Right. Uh, so always been really with with a keyboard in my hand. Uh, besides one year where where my Partner forced me to not pick up my laptop when we started traveling in China, which was a really interesting uh, <laughs> experience. Not having a keyboard with me, uh, mm. but yeah, I, I love software. Uh, for mm. me, software is magical, like truly, truly magical. It's it's uh, you give something a name and it becomes a thing, right? Like it's it's just this. The, the essence of software is like you create a, you write class. I don't know, user, <laughs> and you have a user, right? Like just giving yep. it that name becomes that thing, and and that's kind of like the very core <clears throat> magic of of, of building abstractions.
0: Awesome. And so, yeah. Thank you, thank you. And you've talked about software, so let's talk about a very important piece of software that you uh, you created, which is CDK. So you've been working for amazon in the past and you decided that cdk needs to be created how? <laughs> tell us the story how, how did that happen
1: um yeah so I, basically i didn't decide cdk needs to be created i just had pain
0: <laughs> correct uh, yep. you
1: know and for me it's it's always been i i want to be more productive i want to be more efficient as a developer i want to have you know i just want to have the right tools you know yeah I can't chop off a huge sequoia tree with a small saw, right? Like you need the right saw mm-hmm. to. <clears throat> and so uh, the the CDK was created because we were building this big data analytics system, like real time analytics system uh, 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 at, at Amazon search. And that, sur- that service basically was, um, you know ingesting all of the amazons dot, amazon.com's events because like huge huge scale from day one let's call it and when you're it, there's something really fun about having these like very clear constraints related to scale and availability from day one of your project it's a unique i think it's a pretty unique thing you know when you're building something in in in, in big tech you know when you, from day one you really have to handle uh those projects it takes years before you get to that to these days. So, so for me it's like really helpful to have like very clear constraints from day one. And and it was clear that we that it made a lot of sense to use to lean a lot on the cloud, to use a lot of like cloud managed services in order to avoid having to deal with, you know, operational uh with many of the operational aspects that are that are related to the scale. So <clears throat> we use and Lambda and Kinesis and DynamoDB and serverless technologies and containers, but 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 when you do that, you basically lean when you lean a lot on the cloud, you end up with a with a, with a, with a system that I would say maybe even more than half of this of your of your of your system is basically infrastructure, which is really a unique thing that's happening with the cloud, right? Like it's kind of like this. The spectrum, like some systems rely a lot of, on external services and some systems rely only a little on external services. And the more you lean on the cloud, you have these this dependency, this coupling between uh, your application code and your uh, infrastructure code. And, and, and having two different tools to manage these, these these two parts of your system or having completely two different um, software uh, programming paradigms um, yep. it, was, it doesn't make sense, you know. I'm, I'm a programmer, and and when I end up like copying and pasting YAML, I feel like I'm not doing you, my job.
0: <laughs> you're talking about CloudFormation, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we use CloudFormation. We're we we're, we're Amazon. <laughs> uh, not not that Amazon's forcing anyone to use a CloudFormation. It's it's sometimes uh, some you know something that people don't understand about Amazon. Internally, Amazon has this really strong ethos of like, use the tools that work for you, you know, don't you don't have to use Amazon tools or AWS tools. And I think that's one of the reasons Amazon's really, you know, creating this culture of like, the the internal, uh, the internal teams are are really forcing the external services to become better, because they really expect those services to be great tools. They're not forced to use them. And so we use CloudFormation. And I think CloudFormation is a very powerful tool and very useful. And you know, when you're building an AWS, the guarantees, the transactional guarantees, the, the safety it gives you, that's a very, that's, people sometimes underestimate that, especially when you're building production, you know, high scale production systems. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I've been copying and pasting YAML and like, I'm like buried in all this YAML, YAML, and the, okay, this is not <laughs> how I want to manage complexity as a developer, you know, I've, 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 I've seen a better world, you know, um, and that's how the CDK basically was born because for
0: me it was like okay was, I want to go ahead Was was that before or after Pulumi started the similar it approach before.
1: It was before It was before Pulumi and and I actually moved to AWS at some point and we built this internal solution that was kind of like the prototype for the CDK and it and used it in a real in this real project which was really Great use case, you know, say so and and basically the way it worked is like i we finished this project earlier, um and I think partly because we were you could we could have been we could be- re- really more efficient with how we uh we use infrastructure and then I started um uh, road showing you know like the, pitching the project across Amazon, and Amazon, if you know, has this like press release um Thing where you write a one pager that basically describes a press release from the future, and so I wrote this press release, and I picked up this press release, and I started. That's
0: that's, that's a fascinating that's a fascinating approach in order to you know define and measure and make decisions on, on future projects.
1: Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I use it all the time how, today.
0: How different is is that future press release that you wrote? Than the what the actual results of uh, happened. Did you implement exactly what you thought would be implemented, or there's some uh, uh, surprises in the way? So
1: it's surprisingly exact. The same. It's it's amazing. And and not only uh, I wrote this press release. I also created this like mind map at that point because I was like, as I was starting the project, I had all these ideas, and I was like, kind of like could see this this vision you know and and see like what i wanted to look like and so i wrote this my i used this tool to create a mind map and 4 years later after the project kind of started to pick up i ran into this mind map and and that was amazing to see right like that was really cool to see how like all of these branches of ideas again some of them were more mature than I expected. Some were less. Some areas we invested more, and in, some were less. Obviously, but <clears throat> it's really amazing to see how. And it and it, it more amazing is like fuck. This took four years, right? Like it, it took so long to get this this little thing. Um. So yeah, uh, awesome. to pitch it to AWS, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, we actually have some, we have some some uh, you know, some capacity to bring in someone and." try and see if that might work. And so I moved over and we had like one person join me, two people team kind of just starting the open source. It's like, okay, let's, let's just put it out there.
0: The best projects start uh, with one or two, a very small team of uh, of great professionals. But in addition to AWS employees in that small team, uh, another big help you got from the community, right?
1: Yes, yes, that was very early on, we obviously knew we wanted to build it as an open source project because it's a big cli- cl- class library. Wait,
0: wait, wait! wait, wait. <coughs> you you were for you said that it was clear, but you worked for a company that maybe it's not that clear that something will be open source, right?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's not about whether it's clear or not. It's just that Amazon doesn't have a strong culture of of contributing to open source and publishing open source. Mm-hmm. But it's not a dogmatic resistance, if, if that makes sense. right? Like It's not like yep. Amazon is like, we b- don't believe in open source or we don't think that that's the right way to do things. It's yeah. just culturally not peop- what people are thinking about.
0: Or oriented in that direction.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the lessons I learned from this project was that if you want to build something in open source, you should probably start in the open like it's it's almost impossible especially when you're building, uh, working in you know building something within like a big big uh, company uh engineering environment it's really really hard to like s- scrape it and get it ready to become a public thing right like it's because you're using all these internal tools and assumptions and and so i and and i've been at amazon for about i think it was 3 years already. So I kind of understood this. I knew I've I've done, I've actually uh, created some like internal open source uh, tool there to uh, build software inside containers, something, whatever, a different story. And so I I had some experience kind of like creating these internal tools. And I knew that if I wanted this to be something that other people can use outside of Amazon, it has to start as an external project. And and then I basically looked for the team at Amazon that had the right mindsets. And that was this SDK team, you know, the team that's basically publishing the AWS SDK. And so for them, they're already used to working with, you know, as an open source projects. And so that kind of created, yep. this, created the right alignment internally.
0: Yep. So how do you create a community? And after that question, I want to share some, uh, some data that I have about CDK, but this is a, uh, a teaser. Now I'm curious. So so yeah, let's let's talk about the community. How how do you build a community? How do you start? Well,
1: to be honest, when we, we started the CDK projects, I had no clue at all. Like it was a completely mm-hmm. organic process. And in hindsight it's an, it's you know, it's a huge privilege to be able to do something like that, you know, when you're when you're publishing open source from from big tech, you know, from from a platform like Amazon, you do have the privilege of like basically just build it, and they will come type mindset. It's like okay, we're just gonna put this, and it's not that it was like immediately super successful, right? Like we, I remember actually like switching the uh, repo from public to from private to public, and we were kind of like getting ready for that for like a whole month and.
0: Where, where, where did you do that? Because sometimes uh, those things are done on a big stage and uh, a lot of people... Uh, so, or it was in your home that you just changed that without so any... Uh, we said,
1: let's do like a soft launch, you know, like just put it out there. Uh, We're not even going to write about it or talk about it or do anything. We're just like make the repo public and see what happens. And and I remember actually like doing that and, 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 and expecting like a flood of people to like... <laughs> <laughs> because you know it's like it was on the AWS github org and so yep. I'm expecting people refreshing that github org and waiting for new things to pop up right like that that's my mindset and nothing
0: <laughs> o- obviously, obviously obviously everybody's refreshing the github of the course. github page of amazon
1: of course all the time especially given amazon's yeah. very you know strong open source uh and so yeah nothing happened <laughs> um But then it's kind of like, you know, as you expect an organic thing to happen, right? Like there's like this little drips of people finding about it. And suddenly someone's opening an issue and some, suddenly Mm -hmm. someone's submitting a little pull request to fix a typo in our docs. And, and so it's slowly building up towards, towards a community. And I, you know, five years later and I'm, I'm now building another big open source project and, and I don't have the privilege of doing that from an Amazon stage, you know? And so now I have to be a bit more intentional and a bit more, you know, uh, explicit about the process. And so it was a really interesting thing to kind of like reflect back and see like what worked and like, how did this happen, right? Like, what was the project? Uh,
0: um, so let's so let, can, sorry, go ahead. So let me share some information about, uh, about CDK. Uh, CDK has more than 10,000 GitHub stars. And I think even maybe more interesting, it has 1,200 contributors to the open source, which is unbelievable. Another thing that uh, we've done in in, in my company, in NF0, we uh, had a survey and we've asked about 400 DevOps engineers, which infrastructure as good tools are you using or planning on using, and you can select more than than one answer. Uh, Not surprisingly, the first top answer was terraform, with uh, 74%. Second, I know you don't like YAMLs, but the honest truth is that the second place was CloudFormation, with 31%. So both terraform and CloudFormation, uh, the YAML approach, and then Azure ARM templates. TerraGrant, and then CDK, with about 8% using or planning on using CDK, which is more than Pulumi and Crossplane combined. So that's super interesting to see the uh, adoption of, of your project being used for it by so many people.
1: Yeah, I, I think the some... some... It's also interesting to the point that CDK and Terraform and CDK and CloudFormation are not apples to apples in a sense,
0: yep. uh, because mm-hmm. CDK
1: uses CloudFormation. AWS CDK uses CloudFormation. And so basically using the CDK means that you're using CloudFormation and vice versa. When you're using CloudFormation, sometimes you're you're like, you're going to start with CloudFormation and then eventually you're like, wait, I can actually use you know, all these high-level uh high level abstractions and become more efficient and so we see a lot obviously a lot of the adoption of the cdk comes from that journey of like you know just going up the the abstraction uh stack in a sense and that's the same for terraform because uh at some point um i ran into armand dadgar from from HashiCorp at one of the reinvents and he was like we were we were like I, I was I was telling him, you know, that there's this community, like someone from the community that just published uh, CDK for Terraform, like some some initial kind of project. And he's mm-hmm. he was super curious about that. And we we you know followed up and actually I connected him with this guy, Sebastian Korfmann, who eventually moved started working Dude, with actually, and they built CDK for Terraform as a spin-off for the CDK and CDK for Terraform is using all of the low level technologies of the CDK, like constructs and JSII and, and, the, and the design, right? It's basically the same family of tools. And then we also spinned off CDK for Kubernetes. And so mm-hmm. the, the way I'm thinking about the CDK is, is more as a programming model, right? Like not specifically yeah. a, an IAC tool, right? Like as a, as a programming model for yeah. desired state, and and everywhere there's a use case for desired state that that model is proving itself pretty 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 well. Another example is uh, I don't know if you know uh, my little uh, pet project called Progen.
0: Have no, you ever- tell us about it.
1: No, well, it's a Progen with a J, and it's in a sense it's like CDK for GitHub repositories. If that makes okay. any sense, <laughs> it doesn't. Um uh, but it's like the problem it's solving is basically when you're when you're when you're creating when you're building software today you're basically integrating dozens of different tools for your software development tool chain right like your compiler and testing and linters and um release uh, workflows and versioning bumps and like there's a million things that kind of like all need to be integrated together and they're all reflected in your github repo eventually right like there's, there's a sort of configuration files in your github repo and and at some point we were starting to release all these libraries uh, for in the CDK team like ex, you know different uh, separate libraries that are not part of the core CDK library and all of these libraries needed the same you know, the same tool chain. And so I said, yep. you know what, maybe I can write some code that generates all these JSON files so that I can reproduce this exact configuration and I can update it from a centralized place, right? So like the same use case, basically. And that yeah, turned it rem- out to be a CDK for projects, for repositories.
0: Yeah, that reminds me of, I think the GitHub Terraform provider in a way that you can, you know, uh, put some settings in your GitHub and manage that uh, with code because it's uh, repeatable for different GitHub repos that you want to uh, manage the same way. So yeah. yeah, everything, this way or the other, everything becomes less click ops and more code-based. Exactly. And CDK approach and the uh, imperative approach is definitely something that simplifies you know, uh, for the developers to do things in a way that is uh, that is more natural. However, we see Pulumi releasing YAML support, so we can never know. Uh, yeah, developers think, want to have it all, all. All options.
1: Yeah, and and I think one of the one of the takeaways that you know I I you know came out of from the CDK was that these tools are used both by developers and by DevOps engineers, and DevOps engineers are kind of like this interesting crowd because some of them come from dev and some of them come from ops. And I mean, they're called DevOps, right? And so if you, if you take that path that comes from ops in a sense, right? Like from the IT operations or system op- administrative, uh, uh, you know, uh, audio um, crowd, then you would find more people who are interested in using configuration files and YAML and declarative, like they're not as comfortable with, imperative object-oriented programming, right? Like that's, which makes total sense, right? Like, because these folks kind of came from like configuring routers and data centers and, and setting up power supply matrices, right? Like, so yep. so it's like a, a yep. different direction to come to this world of, of cloud infrastructure. And so I can totally understand why, yeah, you know, like why, why Pulumi is releasing YAML and why you're in your survey, the top tools are actually... Coming from the 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 infrastructure IT world and you know Terraform and yep. platforms and that's kind of like the foundation. Um, but what we're seeing is that we're seeing more and more, and, and I think that's related to what I said earlier. Is like the more you use the cloud, the more you lean on the cloud, and your and you, when you're building applications as a developer, the more you want to be able to bring in the infrastructure into your into your code, which is in a sense the project that I'm working on right now is is yeah. where this is. You know, this is the epiphany of that in my in my head, right?
0: Yeah. So maybe let's let's finish with that. You've built an amazing open source for, with the help of of a great community, and tell us tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. You're also building a very interesting thing that will help developers affect the cloud operations in a much more more meaningful way. So yeah, what what's 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 next?
1: Yeah. So I. After about five and a half years at Amazon building the CDK and you know three years doing other things at Amazon, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe big tech is not maybe it's enough for now. Although Amazon's been an amazing journey. I really, really enjoyed working, working there. And but the CDK got to a point where I'm like, okay, this, this is, this is great. This is going in the right direction. My my mind map my mind map is already mostly covered. I'm can move on maybe to the next thing. Uh, but I'm still obviously very obsessed about cloud and obsessed about developer experience and developer productivity and 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 it and with the CDK it always felt like there's this glass ceiling of what can I express using the existing languages that we use because uh, when as I said earlier when you're thinking about cloud applications they they're both infrastructure and code right like they go together. And the more you use infrastructure, that's coupled more and more. And that coupling is something that creates a lot of friction in today's industry, right? Because if you think about these things separately, but they're actually really coupled, you end up with a lot of boilerplate and a lot of glue logic and a lot of cruft that's just related to stitching together these two pieces. Uh, It's kind of like... Sometimes I'm thinking about it as like CSS, HTML, or JavaScript, HTML. You know, kind of like what React had done to the to the to the front end world. You know, when you had like HTML and JavaScript, and they're completely divorced, but they're actually super coupled. And you really want to create a, a unified programming model that that that's, that that can model your entire picture. And so what what we're doing now is we're actually creating a programming language for that because I realize that existing languages they're designed to think about a computer as a machine, right? They have these fundamental assumptions around the boundaries of your program, right? Like your program is running inside a machine. So it has CPU and memory and operating system and network. and But that's it. It's not. It doesn't see the whole story of a cloud application, which is a distributed system, right? And so basically said, let's Let's see what that looks like. You know, what, what, what benefits can we create? What, you know, what experience can we create when, when we lose some of those assumptions? And it's very, very exciting and very what's, fascinating. What's the name? Tell us the name of this new language. So it's called wing, as in, you know, a wing. It's very, very corny, <laughs> very corny, of course. You know, you go to the cloud and all that. Um, or wing lang. And it's very early. Like we we released our alpha in December, and so just starting to get going. But it's open source, obviously, and uh, obviously, the work on the community has been more intentional. And and being more intentional means that it's 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 surprisingly more effective. And like we see this amazing amazing uh contributions already of like substantial features of the language and and the compiler and the SDK that we're building and and so that's that's really fulfilling and more than everything more than anything as always for me it's just like when i'm using this thing i'm falling in love every time and that was the same exact feeling i had with the CDK right like for me it's just making sure that i'm i have that feeling Uh, as a developer, as I said, you know, grew, grew up with that keyboard. Uh, so I just want to make sure that this is the, that that's the tool that
0: we're building. Amazing. Amazing. So you've built not just one, but two or starting to build a second amazing open source that might change the way developers operate with the cloud. This is a fascinating story, Elad. Thank you very much for joining our podcast today. Thank and, you, thank you for our, our, and thank you, uh, our great audience, for listening for in today's conversation. If you like the podcast, please follow us in Twitter, the IEC Podcast, and you can just go to our website, theicpodcast.com, and listen to more episodes. I was your host for today, Ohad Meislich. Thank you for joining, and see you next time. Thank you a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you.